Pittsburgh Steeler fans. It is time once again for another edition of the Curtain Call Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and my partner in crime, as always, is one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Michael. Doing great. That's great. I, I wish I had the, the same sentiment here. Uh, of course, uh, you're listening. I, I have a bit of a head cold that I, I'm battling. And uh, our special guest from the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats uh, decided uh, he was a little too busy prepping for the pro day tomorrow and flaked out at the last minute. So that's less than ideal. But ladies and gentlemen, we can still break down these Cincinnati Bearcats. There are three big time prospects that we got to check off here. And with the Steelers on this kind of rotation, uh, checking out every single quarterback's pro day, one of the top uh, quarterbacks, I should mention, um, three in three days already, Cincinnati being the fourth in potentially four days tomorrow, Desmond's R- Desmond Ritter's name jumps to the top of the list. Now, Jeffrey, at the beginning of the season, I said this is the guy to kind of watch out for for the Steelers if they wanted to go quarterback this year. He's tall, which is typically what Kevin Colbert chases when he uh, when it comes to finding quarterbacks. I think they've only had like two or three on roster uh, that they like drafted or spent like legit money on in free agency um, that weren't at least classified as mobile. So uh, he, he, he chases tall quarterbacks. He played in the outdoor AFC North environment in Cincinnati. He's mobile. He's got a pretty decent arm. So uh, I want to know your initial thoughts on Desmond Ritter and uh, if that could be a name the Steelers could call in the first round. Uh, because as I, I mentioned earlier, it seems like we're trending in that direction. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a great fan of him in the first round, but overall he's, he is still that kind of quarterback. When you look at Matt Canada's offense, you're like, this is, this is the kind of quarterback you want. This is, you know, the mold of the quarterback you want there. He is big enough. He is going to be able to see over the line. He's going to be able to do all this stuff. He's not a quarterback who's going to have to be on the move. Uh, like a lot of the shorter quarterbacks they get in the NFL, we, we've seen it. We've seen it with the Steelers' defense. Brian Flores is our defense coordinator. The, the way their defensive oh. linemen sat in pat – well, not defense coordinator, sorry. He's senior defensive assistant. He's most likely running the front seven. The, on their team in Miami, those guys sat in passing lanes and just batted balls, knocked them up in the air. They were they're good at it. Like, and the Steelers do that. Like, if you're going to have a shorter quarterback, it makes life hard for them. I mean, like, look at Baker Mayfield's success against the Steelers, right? And part of that is the Steelers know how to play to the fact that he's shorter. So a taller quarterback, I do think matters. The NFL has strategies to attack guys who aren't very tall. Uh, he's He's got the ability to move around. Not the best passer, but you know what? We've had that before. Uh, but you, you know, I, I, I keep going back with this season. I keep looking back at 2004 when Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie. And I say, if we get a young quarterback, or even if, you know, Trubisky is our quarterback, that's the kind of model we have, right? We have that kind of model for success with a very, very young quarterback who's not a polished product. Ben Roethlisberger was good for some really big plays every game, but he was also, you know, not reliable. So, he he is kind of the mold. Is he the guy you want? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, obviously, other people looked into him a lot more than me, and hopefully, you know, Tomlin and Colbert get a good idea of he, if he is the guy they want. Yeah, no kidding. Um, that's going to be the interesting question here. I, I think more so with the quarterback position, it's who's going to go before the Steelers pick and whether or not they're so – dead set on taking a quarterback that they take one at the 20th overall pick uh, just because they need one so desperately. And honestly, 
the amount of due diligence they're doing and how much time and effort they're putting into the position, I'm starting to lean that way. I think the Steelers are going quarterback at pick 20, regardless of who's there, which is a little bit scary. Of course, they want Malik Willis, but uh, we'll have to see how things shake up. Do you expect Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert to be at uh, Cincinnati tomorrow, much like they were at Ole Miss today, um, uh, Pitt the day before, and uh, Liberty on Monday? Or I, I, I mix those up. Liberty Tuesday, Pitt Monday. <laughs> yeah, I I expect them to. I don't think there's much competition tomorrow for pro days. Uh, so I think they'll probably be there. That's a guy they've, I think they have been, I think there's been a decent number of Steelers scouts spouted, scouted his games. Like I, I, ex, I expect them to be there checking him out. But like you said, there's also some other players there worth checking out. Some others that could be first round picks if the Steelers don't go quarterback. Hey, absolutely. There are uh, before we get to those uh, basically two corners though. I, I, one more thing on uh, Desmond Ritter here. Say the Steelers prove me wrong. They don't go quarterback first round. He's available at 52. Is he good enough to try to bet your future that he's going to develop into a guy? Would you take him at 52? Or is it even worth taking a quarterback in the second round and beyond this year? Oh, I'd definitely take him. i definitely take him. We've seen those guys succeed. And if you fill a major hole in the first round, then sure, yeah, go take a quarterback in the second round, you know? Uh like I, I could see him in the first round even. So obviously, yeah, in the second round, I, I think it's a good move. One thing that stands out with him is he's a four-year starter. Uh, you don't get a lot of those. And also when you do get them, you usually get a guy who peaks. And then his last year, especially his last season, is not as good. Riddler has gotten better. Like his numbers just keep getting better. He has been a heck of a player. Uh, you, obviously the success that team has had, the winning they've done, uh, from a smaller conference, and and they've they've done well against some bigger schools. Obviously, Alabama uh, is not the school that you you go and face as a small time school and, and have success against. But even there, like they hung in it for like you know like there were a lot of times in that game where they looked like they could hang with Alabama. It's just Alabama can wear you down. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, Deeper. and their backups are bigger, stronger than yeah. faster, and their third string guys are bigger, stronger, and faster than you. Uh, but there's a lot of times they really played well with better teams. So I, I there is reason to, to to value Riddler over other quarterbacks and over other prospects that are first round guys. I, I still, I honestly, I think a lot of the, the, the problem in this class is the quarterbacks aren't your usual crop. And so you are doing more projection. And I think a lot of them, like like Riddler, how much are you projecting a guy who's been a four year starter to improve? Like how much, ba- you know, how much growth is he going? So I don't know. To me, I you know me, I don't want a quarterback. Like especially oh, nor the first do I. Round. Yeah, but that's what we're looking at. And if it's Riddler, I, I don't see honestly much difference between him and the other guys. Yeah, it's one of those things, and like it'll lead into my next uh, or next prospect here. With this draft, you see these mock drafts where guys will be going in the top five, and then some other analyst on some other platform is ranking them around the thirtieth pick. The top end talent just isn't there this year, and, and that's why there's this flexibility. Like you, at one point, you thought Kayvon Thibodeau was going to be the top uh, prospect. Now he's like the third ranked uh, edge rusher. It's one of those things. Is there's so much fluctuation, and one of those guys that we've seen a ton of this fluctuation out of is Ahmad Sauce Gardner, uh, big-time cornerback prospect out of uh, Cincinnati. And I'd argue their top prospect, someone that probably should be a top 15 pick. 
I've seen him go around the Steelers pick. I've seen Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft uh, taking uh, St- Stingley. Uh, I believe the name is uh, the cornerback. Um, so, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers went corner around one either. Um, what do you think of Sauce Gardner? And could he be the guy? Uh, he was shut down in college. Could, could he be a guy that develops into something legit in the NFL? He definitely could, especially given the right scheme. Uh, he's not a, a perfect pure man cover guy. You don't want him in a heavy, heavy man defense. But in a system like the Steelers, honestly, great fit. He's good deep zone. He's good short zone. Needs to work on his tackle. He needs to get better at that. But he's not like a Kello Witherspoon level. He's not just letting people run on him. Uh, he just doesn't hit. He's not like really a hitter. Uh, but he's he's really solid in zone. And I think you take a team like the Steelers who love to use uh, pattern matching defenses. I think he's a really good fit. He's one of those guys I look at. And I'm like, you know, this could this guy would fit the Steelers. And the Steelers have set themselves up to be able to take a first round corner if they wanted to. If they if you take a guy who can learn and grow and become your number one corner, that's the perfect shot for the Steelers because we've got literally everything else. We've got multiple dime corners. We got multiple nickel guys. We got a couple of number two, solid number two corners uh, who can be, one of them is going to be the number one, right? Like at this point, one of them has to be the number one. Uh, But if you upgrade, you know, you add in a guy who, you know, maybe Levi Wallace and Cameron Sutton are your number one, number two corners to start the season. And then partway into the season, this guy takes over and you're better at corner than you were before. That's phenomenal. That's a great situation to be in. I, I could definitely see them going that direction. And and really, Sauce Gardner is, is one of the best options for that kind of growth in how the Steelers run their defense. Yeah, badass name too, Sauce Gardner. I, I know it's a nickname, uh, but it definitely, uh, I think it pushes Ziggy Hood. Um, what other good ones have we had? Be- I, Benny, I don't think he's Benny Snell. Um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think that definitely rivals some of the top nicknames we've gotten out of uh, Steelers draft picks in some time as well. So that, that'd be pretty cool. And it doesn't hurt that he's uh, one of the best corners that college football has seen in some time. Now, also to bring up his running mate, Kobe Bryant. Yes, uh, shares a name with the basketball legend. Um, it was named after him on purpose, uh, not spelled the same, but um, still a good corner in his own right. Uh, kind of projects to be like a third round pick um, and kind of the, the last of the, the the top three prospects from the Bearcats. They look to get, have one in every round, I imagine, uh, in rounds one, two and three. Um, but uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, what, uh, what what have you seen in his game if you watch much of them? And to me, I feel like it's more likely that, that the Steelers end up with him in the third round than they are with uh, Sauce Gardner in the first. It would make sense. I, I know, like, I say the Steelers need, like, they really have a lot of depth, and the only real need they have is for, like, a, a true number one. Like, this is a team that could take a chance on a lottery pick to be a number one corner and not suffer horribly if he doesn't turn out. To me, this guy, Bryant, is a he's a number two. Like, that's who he is. And you've got two of those guys already. So, for me, he's not uh, the guy you want. He, if you want a bit more man than than zone, I think he fits better in that kind of regard. But I, I, I don't know where where I am on this team and where the Steelers are on this team seem to be trending in different directions. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe we should touch on that right now before uh, doing some more Bearcats questions here. But uh, what what the heck is the Steelers' direction right now? 
Uh, like, are they trying to contend? Like, we're watching the AFC go absolutely bananas. Miami added Tyreek Hill. Like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like, the divisions are stacking themselves. The Steelers are arguably the worst team in the North. Hate to say it, but the Browns now have Deshaun Watson, and that's a significant upgrade. Uh, the Bengals improved their offensive line tenfold. The Ravens are getting healthy. They, they added Marcus Williams. They're going to be a better team. The Steelers lost a bunch of pieces. Sure, they got better this offseason, but I don't know if they're better than the other teams across this division. Then you look at the AFC West, which is just bananas. Uh, one of the best divisions I think I've ever seen in the history of the sport. Um, if it wasn't for trading Tyreek Hill away, I'd probably say it, it was. Uh, but uh, goodness gracious, the, the Chiefs are still one of the better teams in football, and they might lose, like come dead last in their division, which is crazy. The AFC is stacked. Yep. The Steelers are still making moves. No, what do you think the direction of the team is? Not what it should be, what, but what the team expects this them to be this upcoming season. Man, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I think I think the big thing is this season is focused on getting the offense together, right? The offense is like finding its way together. And I think, I, man, I, I don't know where the defense is, right? Like, I don't know where the defense is. I don't, Miles Jack and Devin Bush together don't fit anything we've ever had before. They don't like where, who's stopping the run. doesn't matter. Like let's two guys who are elite coverage linebackers, good sideline to sideline guys. Like we're, we're saying you have a debate where, like, okay, Miles Jack is slightly better than Devin Bush in coverage. They're both fantastic. Uh, Devin Bush might be a better, you know, sideline to sideline athlete to tackle guys. They're, they're, that's their, both of their strengths. Like, you, you've got two great guys at one skill set. Uh, and then on offense, it's, it's clear that they want to invest in Matt Canada's offense. Mm. But it's really, man, we are so young on offense. We're so young. Like I, I wrote an article saying like, maybe we should like steal, uh, Jarvis Landry would be a great signing for Pittsburgh simply because who's their captain next year. Mitchell Trubisky. Is that your guy? Chukwuma Korafor? You go with Najee Harris in his second season. Like Chukwuma Korafor is the most, and, and Mason Rudolph are the most tenured players on this offense. They're the players that have been Steelers the longest. It's crazy. And Okorafor is the longest-term starter. Like, what? Like, it doesn't make sense to me that, that we're that young. I don't think this offense can contend with that much youth. Right? You've got to have someone. And, and who's the leader? Like, really? Not one of these guys is that leader that's going to come in and get a young team rallied to it. Right? We used to have... Some guys like that. You could have it if you if you have that fiery personality. We've seen, you know, some some younger defenses do it with older players who really drive, you know, the drive the system. But to have an offense where everyone's young, the oldest player is a, you know, your most senior player is Mitchell Trubisky, who's a free agent quarterback who you may not have as your main guy at quarterback. Right? He could end up the backup by the end of the season if the Steelers go and draft a quarterback. I, I, I don't know where this team is. I, what I do know is the offense is dead set on running Matt Canada's offense. Mm. And the defense has Brian Flores and Terrell Austin, and, and they're going to sort out something. And it'll be interesting to see what we end up with. Yeah. 
That's a, that's a good way to put it. Now, man, like, what do you think is more likely here? The Steelers still have cap money. Obviously, a few draft picks and not crazy draft capital. Could could they try to round out their offense better? Like, damn, like they still need multiple receivers to fill out the depth chart. I, I know you think they have a number one and a number two, but they don't have a three, four, or five. That's an issue. That still is an issue. I like, I, I don't care. It's a, it's a problem. Yeah. And they don't have a strong safety. And you you would like it. You'd like an upgrade at corner. You'd like another young body on the defensive line. You probably like another offensive lineman. And to me, I would love a backup running back. How do the Steelers spend the re- remaining assets? Is there a way to do it where you can become more competitive this year? Or is there a way that you can kind of spend those assets to be more competitive in the future? I, I think you have to, I think you've already set yourself up for the future. Kind of you've gotten younger. You've gotten, you've shed some older people. You've got some younger talent uh, guys that are going to be around for a while. I, for me, you need to address leadership on offense. Uh, on defense, you still obviously, if you're signing free agents on defense, I agree with you, it's it's cornerback. I mean, obviously, you have to get a starting strong safety. You For have sure. to have somebody. They're I mean, signing, right now. They're signing a strong safety. Who period. is it? Yeah, Marcus Allen? Like, I, that's I not think it's more Miles Killebrew than Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen's still yeah. a linebacker. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if Miles Killebrew is their idea of a strong safety? Can you imagine that? That's uh, he's a great special no. teamer. No, they're not good. They can't do that. Like you, you cannot. I'm still saying it, it's Trill Edmonds most likely, or Tyron Matthew, if they want to actually like do something nuts. It's yeah. one or the other. It's a strong oh, safety. Yeah. And as far as what they can do, man, right now the salary cap situation is they have a couple million dollars more than what they need to go in the season. Uh, I know Dave Schofield. Like give him a lot of credit. He he is he has punched it up that they can restructure TJ Watt's deal. It's set up to clear like like a crazy like seventeen million or something. Yeah, it's like something some like that. crazy amount. They can restructure his deal right off the bat and go all in if they want, or they can take that money now and restructure. You know, and in future years you can do it. Then uh, it's set up to be a place where when you are ready to cash in, you can restructure that deal. That's. It's almost like they're they're they have capital sitting there waiting for when they decide to use it, whether that's this year or next year, who knows? But they could. And if, if you've got 20 million, but don't forget Cam Hayward either. Could also add true. like another 13 million, 13, 14. Yeah. Well, you can I mean, it, it's it's crazy what you can do with that money. Even even if you say we're gonna spend four million, that's not a four million average per year contract. You can do some pretty big contracts. For you know, per year, and if it's a three or four year deal, that first year kit can be four million dollars. The Steelers could do that if they want to. So they could, I mean, they could sign a Tyron Matthew and get him in under the cap and still have money to to draft their class and do what they need to with money and still have CJ Watt sitting there, you know, to restructure another year, do that in later years. Uh, so so to me, it's where where's your priorities at? For me, I don't know where you stand on this. I, th- I think the smart thing is, uh, I-, I think you you draft a defensive lineman. You almost have to because you want to get younger there. You need someone young. Uh, you obviously are signing a, a strong safety, and I think the, if you're adding a veteran anywhere else, to me, it's wide receiver. Uh, do you have different thoughts on that, or what? Are, how would you approach it? <laughs> are, are, it I guess it d- determines what they do with the free agent money first. If they yeah. bring in a Tyron Matthew, then yeah, like, uh, 
it opens your possibilities. It, like it depends who's there, but like I envision like the Steelers, if they were to sign a Tyron Matthew and then land a big time corner prospect, holy crap, this defense is going to be lights out. Like yeah. it's going to be so stupidly good. Like Levi Wallace becomes your slot. You have a Kello and Cam, Hay- uh, Cam Sutton battling it out on the outside uh, opposite of this rookie who could probably bench them at some point earning the other spot. But uh, it's so tough. Like, of course, like I know the Steelers like Jordan Davis. It's pretty obvious by the way Mike Tomlin's spoken. Uh, but since we did our pro- uh, podcast on Georgia, he still only plays like 50% of the snaps or something like that. He, like he doesn't mm-hmm. play a lot. Uh, he doesn't have that uh, that conditioning to play full games. So like, that's still an issue. That's still an issue. Yeah. Offensively, like, uh, like to me, I'm just like, until they bring in another receiver, that's going to be an issue. Like strong safety and receiver are the biggest issues right now because you couldn't start a season. If the season was tomorrow, your number three receiver, I guess, is Anthony Miller. And I guess your number four is Cody White, I I, I guess. And the way yeah. the Steelers structured their depth chart last year, I think White would be, would technically be the number three. You, you can't do that. No, You have one injury, Cody White's your number two. That Like, you can't do that when your quarterback is Mitch Trubisky. So yep. for me, the two most important things that need to be addressed is strong safety and wide receiver. Uh, I, I have this gut feeling that for sure they're bringing in a strong safety on the market. They're getting cheaper by the day. Uh, other safeties are being signed. The teams aren't looking for these, these players anymore. Um, so as we sit here right now, I, I feel like still Edmonds is the most likely. And I think his, his value is going to be pretty low and you probably get him for like one or two years. You bring him in for probably less than he was making last year, honestly, with, with how his market's been and you'll be fine. But you'd love the upgrade. Everyone would love the upgrade. Uh, and yeah. I, I don't even need to oh, mention yeah. the name anymore because I know that I've done it a few too many times already. But like I said, strong safety, then receiver, then your biggest need. Yeah, you could argue corner and offensive line and defensive line as ties because none of those players would have to start right away. And then I guess yeah. you could also lump quarterback into that spot too because it's kind of the same situation. But safety, receiver. Safety, receiver, safety, receiver. I'm just going to bang this drum until it actually happens. And it better happen soon. Goodness gracious. They can't wait till the draft is over, in my opinion. So let's let's assume they sign like a decent wide receiver. They bring back, they get a safety. Who is your, and that's it. That's all they do. Sure. What are you looking at with your number one pick? Uh, the world's my oyster. Um <laughs> and like, I want to keep this realistic because we know the Steelers don't draft guys. They don't attend their combine to, I know that doesn't happen. And if Malik Willis is there, I'm almost certain that's going to end up being the pick, yeah. but uh, that's not what I would do. I still want to keep this, this somewhat believable to what the Steelers would do. Uh, like, man, I, all of me tells me they're going to take a quarterback, but I would look, I, I would look at the defensive line or the offensive line Depending who's there, I know they didn't go to Iowa's Pro Day, so like it breaks my heart for Linderbaum. I just don't see that happening. They don't take tackles in the first round. We've talked about this so many damn times. Um, Man, maybe probably Jordan Davis makes the most sense because I think the Steelers do love him. I don't know if he's going to play all that much, but I know the team loves him. Yeah. So what what would you do? Give the. I think corner makes sense. Like you said, like you get a you get a safety, you get a big time corner. And that brings us like a guy like an Ahmed Gardner. That could um, that could be the dude, right? That's a guy. If, if I'm looking at Cincinnati, I'm saying who's the most likely 
you know, to, to bring back in the theme of the show. If I'm looking at Cincinnati, I'm saying who's the most likely for the Steelers to take? I I would say Ahmed Gardner right off the bat, the first round makes a ton of sense. Scheme fit gives you some height out there. They got taller with a Kello Witherspoon. You know, they've been, they've been Levi Wallace, I think, is a, he's not a short guy either. No. And uh, so I, I think they are. That's something they're looking at is getting a bit taller. He brings you six foot three. <coughs> Dude at a corner, we'll see what he measures. That's big know, for a corner. Yeah. That's big that's for tall. a corner. And he uses typically five ten. He uses his length. This is this is uh draft prospect speak, draft analyst speak here, but he uses his length well when he plays, especially like in zone. He he's a he's a good solid player. I could see it working there. Uh that is that is a guy I definitely could see working. Yeah, man, it's it's we we had like they've done the offseason. We like, we kind of wanted them to do here. They've addressed a lot of the things we wanted them to address, and yet we're still sitting here thinking, "Oh gosh, they're gonna they're gonna go grab a quarterback and they're gonna wreck all of this." <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing with the Steelers. They they've done so much, which is excellent, and we're begging them to do it. They did it, but they still haven't quite done enough. Yeah, like, there's still more to go. Ah. Uh, if they like keeping it basic, if they sign Terrell Edmonds and say Valdez Scantling, who I know is visiting the Chiefs, but whatever. So say they sign those two guys, like not expensive players, I'd feel I'd feel better. I'd be like, okay, yeah. they're, they're prime for the draft now. Like they're, they're fine, they'll be all right. But until that happens, I'm still gonna have that like thing in the back of my head saying this team isn't gonna be good enough. And one of the things I know they've had to have this conversation about because it's just what you what you do in the off season. Look at the team that was the best team in the division. It was the damn Cincinnati Bengals last year. And who are the three, mm-hmm. like arguably the three best players on their team, not named their quarterback, is those stupid receivers. Jamar yeah. Chase was unbelievable. Uh, Tyler Boyd is still one of the most underrated players in the league. I know if you're a Pitt fan, you, you probably love and respect the guy. Like, uh, I've been a fan of him. Like, he's never had a huge year, but his team's typically not very good. Yeah, uh, like he was. he's an amazing number three. T. Higgins is the other guy. You need to have corners to defend that. And yeah. that leads me to believe why the Steelers are still in play at cornerback in the first round. Now, if they do go corner, if they select them, what does the, what does the, the secondary look like? Like who's starting on each side? Who's the guy in the slot? Who's the backup? Because right now the Steelers technically have three corners that you would consider starter potential, I suppose, three number twos if we're being generous, and then some change behind that. So what does it look like in – uh, break down either corner spot and then the nickel as well. Bringing in someone in the first round. Okay, if I brought in someone in the first round, let's say let's let's go with for for the show's sake. Let's go with Ahmed Gardner, right? And let's say, in my opinion, he's not ready week one. He's not your week one starter. Uh, I think you have if you if you think of the defense this past year where Joe Hayden was lined up, that's Levi Wallace. He can do that job, right? On the other side, you've got Cam Sutton. Now, when you go to nickel. Now it's interesting. Arthur Millette's back. He was your nickel corner, but also Akella Witherspoon is back. Like who who's going on in your nickel? Because you could do both ways. Sutton can slide into your nickel and you can put Akello outside of him. That works. Akella Witherspoon works better in the nickel and the dime situation as long as he's outside. Or you could do Arthur Millette. That could be a matchup thing. Like if you need more run stopping, you put Arthur Millette in there. You if you got a team who runs a lot out of out of three wide receivers, if you got you know, if you want more pass coverage, you put a Kella Witherspoon in there. If you've got someone who can go deep, someone who's a deep threat on you, put him in there. You go into the dime. You've got Trey Norwood. You've got this new guy. You've got options across the board. 
And I think we could see some very interesting packages. We could see stuff schemed exactly to what an offense does. One of the one of the most underrated things about the Brian Flores signing is how much his defense attacked specifically the offense they were facing every week. There were weeks you would see entirely different looks on defense just because of the uh, the offense he was facing that week. They would they there he was a guy who found weaknesses in offenses and exploited it very very Belichickian, right? Like that's he he's from Belichick's you know team. He's coached under him. That's what they do. That's what he does. And so you could see things where it's it's more matchup dependent. It's more, you know, a variety there. And then when you work the kid in, I, I think you would see the young guy take over for Cameron Sutton. I think you'd keep Levi Wallace in the Joe Hayden role. And I, I, I think you'd see Cam Sutton in the slot. You'd see Akella Witherspoon coming in and dime. And all of a sudden, I mean, that's that's fantastic. That's a really good dime package at that point like you really have a lot of good cornerback play on the field right there where guys can just play to their strengths and other teams are going to have a real hard time finding where to attack you and that's without considering the fact that you got Minka Fitzpatrick in there so for me it's a it's a huge win if they do cornerback suddenly becomes an incredibly deep position for the Steelers Ooh. if they draft somebody who can come in and help in year one Wilson Pavel puts $4.99 in the tip jar. He says, we're well-placed to actually draft best player available in round one. We can get a wide receiver in the second. Uh, Hey, I I can totally see that playing out, and it's probably most likely. Uh, Wilson also says, thanks for beating the Honey Badger drum back. I'm so here for it, as am I. Uh, I think we all would like to see that happen. It would just make this team so much better. Uh, You know what? In that vein, to heck with it. Jeffrey Benedict, if the Pittsburgh Steelers sign a strong safety tomorrow, that person's name is... Terrell Edmonds. Yeah, you're lame. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I, um, the longer this goes, the more shot I think the Steelers have at, you know, Honey Badger. But I still think it's going to come down. It's going to be Edmonds. I, I think it's going to be Edmonds in the end. And I'm fine with that. He is a perfect uh, complement to what Minka Fitzpatrick does. But you, you, you'd like to have a better cornerback if you've got Edmonds over there. You, you really want to upgrade at cornerback then. If you, get a, if you get a honey badger, man, then maybe you don't need to upgrade corner. Yeah, it, that, that's one of those things. If you can get a player of that level. Like we mentioned it before, in 2020, Minka Fitzpatrick and Tyron Matthew were both your first team all-pro safeties. Could you no. imagine that? on your team yeah oh my goodness fun. gracious it would be oh be chef's kiss fun. chef's kiss now kind of getting back into the theme of the show and i know we were talking about cincinnati bearcat players what are the what are the likelihood here of the steelers taking uh like another small school uh player in the first round uh like a non-sec big 10 big 12 uh pack 12 like none of those power five acc none of those teams how likely is it? Because I feel like it's getting increasingly likely, especially with their interest in some of these quarterbacks. Well, yeah, especially with the quarterbacks. A lot of the top quarterbacks are coming from those smaller schools. Uh, but I, th- I think you're going to see it because of the talent that is spreading around. You're, you're getting a lot more guys willing to go to these schools, and those schools are, are really developing players. The, the days of... If, if you follow high school, like if you follow college athletic programs and the spending and the, 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 you know, the buildings and the resources they have, 
the gap has narrowed between like what Alabama could offer you in terms of weight room and conditioning and nutritionalists. The gap has narrowed to where these second and even third tier schools are, are going to be able to set players up to become really high end athletes by the time they're done with college. It's not like you're just, you're underdeveloped. And when you get to the NFL, all of a sudden you have to learn, you know, how to take care of yourself and work out and do all that stuff. Like it used to be it, not that long ago. You know, there was a huge disparity between the conditioning and workout programs of, of the top schools and the, and the second and third tier schools. Not so much anymore. So I do think it doesn't matter as much as it used to. And so, yeah, I, I think the Steelers could go there, even if it's not a quarterback. I, I think they could go there. Yeah, hey, no, that's absolutely 100% totally fair. I could also see that happening. Uh, it'll be fun to kind of sit back and watch this process play out a little bit more. But again, we sit here right now. The Steelers are in the thick of the quarterback talk. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict, uh, is there a quarterback that actually stands out to you more? Like I've seen some people trashing Willis, some people loving him. And it's the same with every quarterback, a part of this draft class. There's no surefire number one guy. None of these guys are like you already know are stepping in the league as Hall of Famers. It's just, just not this group. Is there one guy for you that you're like, oh, yeah, that guy could be some, something? Oh. Uh. Not, not really for me. Uh, for me, this quarterback group is, I mean, they're all unique. They all have their own unique traits and their strengths and weaknesses. But to me, they all fit that mold of, you know, how are they going to develop? And they're not, there's not a lot of youth there. It's not like these guys are coming out really early or they sat on the bench for three years and then had one explosive season. These are guys who have played. So for me, I'm, I'm not high on them. I'm not high on any of them. If I had to take one, it would probably be Malik Willis. Just because you can see the potential for growth and you can see where he's kind of underdeveloped in certain areas. Young. Yeah, and he's younger. So for me, I, th I think it would be him just because I'm not sold on any of these guys. Let's play a little bit of a game here. I, I know you didn't see it coming, but um, let's run through every single position on this roster. And I want you to tell me um, whether or not uh, the Steelers will make a move at the spot, where it, whether or not they'll do it in free agency, or if they'll do it in the draft, or if they just won't do anything whatsoever from the top, starting at the quarterback position. So a quarterback. Yeah. Will they add anything else from this point forward? No. They won't. I'm going, I'm going with my dream scenario. No. Hey, yeah, no, pick your own answer. I, I, I'm going to say yes on this one. Yeah, they draft one in the first round, much to the chagrin of many Steeler fans. Running back slash fullback. We'll, we'll, we'll lump them in there. Running back, fullback, late. Late round. Maybe post-draft free agent. Hey, I, I agree with you that there. The Steelers still need someone behind Najee Harris. He's going to get his butt kicked. Um, just considering how many touches that this poor guy is going to have to take now um, that the, the offense is so kind of depleted until they add some receivers. But speaking of receivers, what the heck do they do with all these empty wide receiver spots? I'm going to go with one draft pick, one free agent. I'm going to go two draft picks and then a very low level free agent, like late in the game, like, like Lance Moore level, like end of career, not even necessarily end of career, but someone that's probably not long for the NFL anymore. So I think they spend two draft picks on wide receiver, one earlier, 
one later to just try to fill out this roster. They need bodies and they need it pretty bad. Um, tight end. This is an interesting one. Tight end. I'm going to go with no. They stand pat uh, only because I'm counting Connor Hayward as a fullback. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you there. Pat Farmuth <laughs> is the guy. Uh, Zach Gentry is a, a, a really good number two in my, in my mind. I think he, he's a more athletic Matt Spath, honestly. Uh, like probably obviously not as good as a blocker, but um, he's more suited for today's game than Spath would be. Let, let's just put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. Kicking things inside, offensive tackle either side. I think they stand pat. Really, even with the release of Zach Banner, they don't bring anyone else in. Yep. Interesting. Uh, I feel like they do draft someone in the mid-rounds. So that's four of my draft picks already. I, I think they will take yeah. a tackle. Four of the – I still – they have seven, don't they? The two sevenths, uh, a sixth, so. fourth, third, second, first. Yeah. So four, four of my seven draft well, picks you, right there. Yeah, you've got like three of your picks in the earlier to mid-rounds. Oh yeah, they're most it's almost exclusively offense right now. This is yeah. how I think the team's actually going to play out. But kicking it inside again to guard. Hey, let's lump it together. Center and guard. Center and guard. Yes, they're going to add a center or a guard. Ooh. Yeah, they're going to add one interior offensive lineman. And to me, that's the mid round pick. <laughs> and, unless they're pulling my dream scenario and they're throwing everyone misdirection and smoke, and it's Linderbaum at twenty. They've been playing the long con with not going to pro days and uh, drooling over the quarterbacks. It's been the long the last, con. They spent the last 20 years setting this up. To get the center uh, from yeah. Iowa. The, they knew it when he was a baby, just a, just a sparkle in his dad's <laughs> eye. Uh, oh. Anywho, for me, yeah, I, I don't think they go center or guard. I, I think they're, they're happy with the spot the way it is right now, which uh, is interesting. Anyway, kicking things over to the other side of the football. We'll save the best for last, uh, the, the empty spot for last. But let's go interior defensive line. Interior defensive line, yes. Yeah. Yes, a draft pick, a high one. If if day two ends without an interior defensive lineman being taken, you will get a rant from me like Ooh. you did last year when after the second round the Steelers hadn't taken a center. And I went absolutely crazy on our draft reaction show and was just – I was I was in shock. I was off. It was awful. You're gonna get that from me if we don't have an interior defensive lineman by round three. Yeah, like for me, I also think this is gonna be. I don't know if it'll be round three. It'll be round three or four, I think, for a defensive lineman. Like right now, I'm kind of seeing quarterback first round from the Steelers, receiver in the second, third round might be another position for later. Uh, fourth round, um, defensive line, and then. Uh, either the sixth or seventh, so we'll see a receiver come off the board, a second receiver. But Before we move off a defensive line, Michael. Yes. Last year, the two positions I most wanted was an interior defensive lineman and a center. Yep. And what were, like, the worst positions on our team last year? Both those spots. Both those spots. Uh, (sighs) Oh, my goodness. So, if... Mm. If they don't do interior defensive line this year, I'm gonna I'm gonna riot. I'm gonna they got, they one got man money. riot. I'm gonna go got, down there with a toilet paper roll and throw it at their building. It's funny they could have got the defensive lineman that the Patriots took. I'm blanking on his name. Your your best friend um, from Alabama. Who's the D tackle? I'm not I'm not talking to you, Michael. And, and then they could have got Creed Humphrey in the second round. 
I'm not talking which to you, Michael. Probably would have been a better draft. Um, like no, I mean no Najee or Fryer for this year. I mean Najee and Fryer. I love. Oh, they're great players. Hey, they're great players. Absolutely, absolutely love those guys. I'm not talking Uh, to you anymore. Anywho, oh no, you still are. We're still on for another five minutes. So uh, kicking (laughs) things out to the edge rushing position, uh, we know the guys at the top. The Steelers, I still think, need some depth. What do they do at edge? Edge rusher position. That is going to be. They're going to double up on this one. Uh, Even though I like the backups, I like them. I think you see a late round draft pick, and I think you see another free agent brought in. I think you see some kind of veteran guy brought in. I agree on the veteran guy being brought in wholeheartedly. I see that happening as well. What about inside linebacker? I think they're done. I'm kind of feeling that vibe as well, interestingly yeah. enough. They um, resigned everybody. They brought back Spillane. They brought back Killebrew. They brought back Marcus Allen. You've UG3. got... Yeah, yeah, you, you got Buddy like, Johnson still there. Yeah, you've got like nine inside linebackers right now. Yeah, they have a lot. Um, hey, they, they and the front two, and their first two are set. Your yeah. first two are set unless you're trading Devin Bush, which there's no trade market for him right now. No, it'd God. be terrible. Well, especially it would like, be like, yeah, we agents. will. Yeah, if you don't want him, like we'll give you a seventh. Like what? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah, kicking things out though, the cornerback spot. High pick. High pick. Yeah. I feel like this I, is... I think this is our first round pick. Ooh. This is our first round pick. The Terrell Austin era finally arrives, and we draft a first round pick. And not only do we draft a first round pick, it's a it good hits. one. Oh, we actually hit on a cornerback, breaking the curse of Dick LeBeau and Keith Butler being unable to draft cornerbacks. Is that allowed? Yeah. Are the, are the Steelers Dude. allowed to do that? Dude, when Dick LeBeau left the Steelers in the 90s, in the short span of time, he was gone. The Steelers drafted, like, Chad Scott. They drafted Troy Polamalu. They drafted, uh, what was the kid before, the free safety before Ryan Clark? Chris Hope. They drafted, like, all their, they drafted Deshae Townsend in that stretch. Like, all their good guys they drafted there, and they made it through, like, 2010 without getting, like, adding a total of, like, Brian McFadden. To that that defensive back room and William Gay, like that was it. Those guys. So yeah, yeah. You know, Dick LeBeau and his protege are gone. Maybe we can undo the curse. Maybe we won't lead the league in sacks anymore. But we'll undo the curse and we'll draft a good corner. Mm. Interesting. I also agree, though. I think a top three pick is spent at the cornerback position. Uh, they still need bodies. They still need bodies. Now, two spots left. Start with free safety. I feel like this one's easy. No, the what? No. Yeah, exactly. No. Uh, strong safety. I mean, it, it's it's the it's the best for last. You got to bring in a free agent. Yeah, absolutely have to bring in a veteran free agent. This is a starting position, and there's no there's no starting strong safety on the board. Like you're not taking that one at twenty, and and the you know the guy from Notre Dame's gone at that point. You're not drafting someone like yeah, that. not making it. One of the few elite talents in the draft, yeah. And one of the few uh, all-star uh, safeties, actually, as well. So, he's not making it to 20. I can tell you that for certain. Now, Jeffrey Benedict, uh, before we sign off here today, is there anything you want to plug for the people? Yeah. Um, <laughs> something. Uh, check out uh, Vertex. I think it went live today. I think it came out today. Uh, it was on... 
Miles Jack this week? Or was that last week? No, it was this week. Miles Jack, man. My brain is gone. Uh, Miles Jack, we did about him. Go look at my thoughts on him. Uh, there's going to be more on him through the offseason as we really, as I, as I dig in more into Brian Flores and, you know, how this is all going to work. He's going to play a big part in those film rooms. But if you want to see what Miles Jack brings to the Steelers, it's a good overview. Go check out our Vertex. Hey, those are always great articles. So make sure you click over to Behind the Steel Curtain to check that out. Uh, before we sign off, though, we always need to remind everyone to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. They do sign that big name, uh, Strong Safety, that uh, has a cool nickname. I'm sure uh, it'll be on that website pretty darn fast, uh, to say the least. That's uh, kind of one of the drop whatever you're doing and uh, write that ASAP uh, type deal. So make sure you're dialed in at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're listening to the entire family BehindTheSteelCurtain.com podcast from my live mic and Jeffrey's uh, bet, uh, cutting room floor. You can get more podcasts from Jeff Hartman and Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield and the entire family here at Behind the Steel Curtain. There's tons of content for each and every one of you. So with all that being said, I also want to remind everyone, uh, if you're not already doing so, make sure you subscribe, five stars, thumbs up, whatever, what have you, on all podcast platforms to Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, if you can support our show, it only means we can bring you more great content. So by all means, go ahead and, and uh, hit those buttons and uh, follow along for more great stuff from all of us. So for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. You've been listening to The Curtain Call, and we'll catch you guys soon.